You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to The Royal Access. It's your girl, Coral, and we're here for another episode. And we are in the series, Relationship Versus Religion. Relationship Versus Religion. And Travis and I are tag teaming this week. And we are talking about the topic, Christian police. Christian police. So the first week I talked about how, when you're focused so heavily on religion, how that can kill your witness. Um, and kill you being able to really relate to others and really representing the actual truth of what it means to be a follower of Christ and a believer because it's more about relationship but if you share religion then a lot of people will not be able to really accept your witness because it's not a true representation it's more about rules and regulations Um, and last week we had Felicia she came on and she shared a personal testimony and she talked about church hurt so this kind of goes along with those two in terms of the witness and the church hurt but this one is more specifically about when we deal with christian police so my definition of what uh christian police is is people who are believers and they're they feel like it is their duty and their right to share with you whether it's a form of correction rebuke or you know this is the way you should go this is what you should do um and sometimes I found a little, um, I think it was like, a, I don't know if I'd call it like a meme, but it was like a chart. Um, and it said like, religion says, don't do that. So people who are, you know, kind of Christian beliefs, they're usually doing the talk of this is what you should not do. Don't do that. Um, whereas relationship encourages for someone to explore. I won't do that because it will hurt the relationship with God. Religion says, I can't do that. Relationship says, I can enjoy the benefits of walking with Christ. Religion says you have to do all of these things. Relationship says I get to do all of the things that makes God happy. Religion, I am fearful that I'm not measuring up. Relationship says I enjoy the freedom of being forgiven. And judgment comes when I sin. God's mercy covers me when I sin. Right. Yeah, I thought that was a good analogy of both of them because if you are a believer, you want to live right. You want to make God happy. But when it comes from a fair tactic, like we talked about um, in the first episode of this series, um, then I think that's when it's detrimental. So when I think about Christian police, I'm my stance on it isn't that, you know, sharing with someone the truth of God isn't a bad thing or helping your neighbor isn't a bad thing. I just feel that there are both sides to the experience with people, whether they are doing it from a relationship standpoint or they're doing it from a religious standpoint. Um, And so I think that there are people who seek to tell others about what is truth, what is correct, what should be, how, how we should live as a believer. Um, But I think that sometimes it comes from two different aspects. Uh, What is your um, definition or interpretation of what a Christian police is? Yeah. So it's very interesting, right? So like, and again, getting hit with this like topic, like right before them, but like, so I'm going fresh off of like the initial connotation of what we, when you think of police, right. Uh, and that comes with a negative connotation already. Like, you know, demand, like, you know, like police killing the party and, 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 you know, killing the vibe. I think that's the initial thought that most people would have, at least what I had. Um, but I would like to take a step higher quickly just to frame in terms of this conversation of police is to not bypass thinking about 
the human component of it, right? In terms of accountability and responsibility for the individual that is said being policed, right? In certain mm-hmm. situations. Because I think when we come to the police thing and be like, oh, these people come around and killing our vibe, we often overlook that. Are we doing something wrong? Are we doing something that we should be checked on? And again, when we're young too, and going back to my mind, I went to a Christian school, you know, where the teachers were the police as well too. And they tell you, don't do this thing or why you should do this thing. And back then you really don't have a lot of understanding of why you need to do it. You just need to know you need to follow the rules and that could kind of kill your vibe. But I have a greater appreciation of certain things that, that were done now, um, having more of a, a context of me doing this walk for myself, right? Um, and I think that changes for everybody depending on your level of maturity and where you're at in your particular uh, faith. But um, I see the police side, again, looking at it from like a legalistic standpoint, again, very Pharisee, you know, in terms of really taking the word, taking the law and like beating people over the head with it. And, you know, Jesus kind of checked that in terms of like, you know, Sabbath wasn't made. I mean, uh, Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And they check in on, okay, you're beating your people up with these laws and these rules. But then I also see how Christians could play a role in terms of perverting that in terms of thinking they have good intentions of calling somebody out on a thing, but either bypassing the plank in their own eye or feeling like they're doing some moral justice that makes them better or, you know, puts them up on the, on the ladder of uh, righteousness to a, to a particular degree. So, but, and all of those things involve the human component. I think policing is important. And it's so funny that you started off the, um, the, the podcast talking about the previous episode in terms of witness. Um, so the Greek word for witness is martus. And that's where we get our root martyr from uh, in terms of the word martyr, in terms of, you know, being a witness and the thing, but like doing it to a degree where people um, they obviously are persecuted for it, for speaking uh, things, uh, speaking on things as they should be. And then this goes back to the prophets as well, too. Like, yes, they had the power of God and they did some very powerful things, but their root mandate was to call people out on certain things. And everybody didn't like that. You know what I mean? And you could definitely see that in prophets like Jeremiah or any of the prophets that, that kind of suffered, Jesus being the biggest one. So going back to what I think about what Christian policing is, is it, I think it comes down to a heart matter in terms of, okay, if you are calling out somebody on something, are you doing it in a way where you are helping to build that brother up if they do sin, if they do make a transgression? And if you're doing that, how are you doing that? Are you making a spectacle of it? Are you then taking that thing and gossiping and telling other people about the certain things is like, what's your, what's your intention or where your heart is at? Um, but I do think accountability is important for sure. Yeah. That's, you said a lot of good stuff there too. Like the, like, what is your heart posture in doing it? Uh, um, and I think that you said something earlier too, where you said sometimes when people police, even if they're policing in a way where they're like, you know, saying, well, you know, I'm, you know, doing my moral duty and making sure right. you're aligned. Ever. sometimes I think they don't know I think they feel like this is truth and so I am going to execute the truth and because we're human um even someone who polices they're human I think sometimes they don't realize that the space that they may be coming from is a haughty space of like right. I need to tell you what you're you know um and but you made a lot of um good point about you know that it could it, it, it is a good thing like prophets were called like jeremiah to call people out 
like, you know, one of my favorite books um, is James and we're going to go into James now. And James mm-hmm. did a lot of just talking a wisdom about how we should live as believers. And even Jesus, the woman at the well, you with your five husbands, like, you know, yeah. they, there was still know, grace in calling out. There was a lot of grace in calling out again, going like with the Pharisees, bringing that woman who was caught in adultery. Jesus called them out on like on that on that particular point. But then Jesus still told that woman, go and sin no more in a graceful way. So it's still a level of still making sure you do the right thing, not giving somebody a pass on doing the wrong things, but still being able to like, okay, this is this is what the Bible says or this is what how you should walk. You know what I mean? But not beating anybody's head over it. Yeah. Right. So, so transitioning into that, and you gave some good points about, you know, what is good about, you know, Christian beliefs. Cause I think you said like, it helps with accountability. It helps to steer people um, to what the word of God says. Is there anything else you wanted to add about what are some good things that come out of people? Like you said, how Jesus yeah. did it. What are some good things? Um, again, and, and I have pulled a bunch of verses. There's a lot of verses actually that could be said about it. But like, you know, <laughs> Proverbs 27, 17, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Like, and again, it's, it's going into short-term gratification gratification versus the long-term mission in the in the thing, right? Is that if I think the beauty that comes out of calling or checking somebody on a particular thing, especially if you are kingdom-minded you know, it's a, it's a game of souls, right? It's like, yeah, I might call you out on this and there might be friction in terms of talking about this particular subject, but ultimately, depending on where your heart may be, I'm doing this for the better of you, right? For you to particularly see. And that might be advice on if I am a friend, uh, a friend of uh, like two friends in a relationship, I might call you or check you on something that you may not be doing that may be putting tension or, or, or friction on your marriage. So I might call you out on some behavior that you may or may not be doing in, in, in lieu of trying to help you preserve that marriage unit that you may have. If I, if I am in that right to do so, or if I am a friend enough for you to want me to, to tell you about those particular things. But I think ultimately it, it ends up making both people, I mean, making people better person. Right. And um, uh, what's another verse that I have in terms of the benefits of it? Uh but and again, it's bearing each other's burdens as well, too. So like if I am if I am checking you on sin or a transgression transgression as a brother in Christ, I also expect that from you uh, from you as well, too, for me. So like Galatians 6 one is like brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So is that again, that's accountability, I think, is probably the primary benefit of that. Yeah, I, I, I like that. And I had James 5 and 19. It says, my dear friends, if you know people who have wandered off from God's truth, don't write them off, go after them, get them back, and you will have rescued precious lives from destruction and prevented an epidemic of wandering away from God. And then there's 2 Timothy 4 and 2, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season to correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So, you know, we know that there, you know, it's, it's a part of our Christian walk to encourage our brothers. Like you said, iron sharpens iron, you know, and grace and love to cover our brothers and sisters. And just how they said in James and in Timothy, um, you know, there's, you know, we're called to do this. We're called to, if someone is wandering off, however, as we know, when we talked about church hurt and things that could kill your witness and what I started off when I talked about the difference between religion and relationship with you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, this is what you should do. 
there are some harmful experiences when sure. people go through being policed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so my question to you, and I think you said it in the second verse you read, um, at the end of it, it was saying with gentleness. Right. And for me, I think that's one of the things that's wrong or harmful when people do, when they're policing. Right. It, there's, there's sometimes there's nothing, it's not gentle. There's right. not a gentle thing about it. But um, another thing that I think is that sometimes people make assumptions. And right. this is, a, they make an assumption about whatever it is. And that could be harmful to you. Like you only have limited knowledge, but you're trying to police the situation or let me correct you. I'm correcting you in brotherly love or I'm bringing right. you back into the fold, but you're making an assumption and you don't know everything. Yes. So I had, and it's so crazy. So this morning I was on my morning walk. I'm doing the 75 challenge for those who don't know. I don't, I think on day 30 something, but you have to work out twice a day. So I had to wake up early because I have a long day. So I went for a walk. Um, so I was walking on the beach and I knew you and I had to record the podcast today. And so I was, I was like, okay, today I'm not going to run or anything. I already decided I'm just walking today, but I'll do some research on my phone while I walk. Cause I can do two things at once. Cause I need to get all of this done. So I'm, this guy was running with a pit bull. Um, and he ran, he passed me and I was walking in one direction and he, but he's running with the pit bull. So after he makes his turn on the end, I guess he's running back, but I'm walking and so deep into, okay, let me get my points. Let me research. Let me, you know, da, da, da. I'm so focused. I don't see when he comes behind me and I am afraid of dogs. I don't like animals. I'm not an animal person. I don't like dogs. <laughs> I'm scared of dogs. So I hear someone come behind me and it's the dog and him. And it was like, and I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And he, like the dog didn't do anything to me, but the dog was so close to me. I thought the dog would bite me. So I was just, I was really afraid. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't see you. So he keeps running. And he said, well, you came out here to exercise, not to text on your phone. So that's what you should be doing. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. 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 And I just, I didn't answer. I just looked at him like, and he said, yeah, shouldn't you be exercising and not texting? I'm like, you are adamant. That you are about to police my workout this morning. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know if I came out here to walk, if I am even capable of running. You don't right. know if I'm accent, which I'm not. <laughs> right. It's so, yeah, I mean, but that goes under like, again, it's, it, that's, that's human, right? That's like, is a human default to make an assumption on a particular thing. And then also, especially in that particular context is like, to cast blame of a particular thing on somebody else versus taking accountability for what you may have done. And, and again, this got this garden of Eden 101, you know, when, you know, God asks Adam, you know, where are you? Or like, what happened? Everybody immediately started pointing fingers. And I think that that is a human thing that we, that we tend to do. I, if you had to ask me uh, again, like probably in that transition of what are some of the bad things that come out of the Christian policing, is again, thinking about the human factors or thinking through the human factors that we don't usually think through. Um, and for me, especially like just understanding, you know, human nature a little bit better. Like we are, our society to a degree is built on gossip. Like it's just built on having information and talking and sharing information in a particular thing. Sometimes it's good, sometimes, but most times it's bad. So, and what verse that I kind of landed on was in James as well too, in terms of the tongue in terms of how you need to control that member. And obviously doing like the, the allusions to 
the body being uh, uh, the the body, the church being a body. But he was also, but James in particular talking about like the tongue. Um, and I'll just read the verses, James 3, uh, 5 through 8. Uh, so also the tongue is a small member, yet boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So when in a church environment, and again, it's a huge disservice as well, too, in terms of trying to, in terms of people becoming close, closer to God and, and more sound in their faith, is that we are all broken individuals in this body where our natural inclination is to do a degree break people down and you have to control that and you have to be aware of that in a new as a new creation in christ where like i might make an assumption about you or i might hear sip sip about you and then i take that on as you know that telephone that telephone game where like you spread one message and then it just ends up being a different message down the line and i think it's uncontrollable to to a degree where you have to check yourself is that is this true is this factual is this beneficial should i share this information or not outside of that that's how these whole rumors and gossips can really take the church and then in a worst case scenario really stigmatize somebody from coming closer to the faith and you might lose a person altogether right but that's why like on the contrast of that you also have in the word that kind that that um uh that is great advice uh what was the next one i said galatians already uh in matthew 8 15 if your brother sins against you if your brother sins against you uh go and tell him his fault between you and him alone if he listens to you you have gained a brother so there's value in terms of like yeah checking somebody making sure you police and you take that accountability but doing it in the right way in the right context where it doesn't harm um, the bigger body uh, of Christ of believers, especially the individual, because you could end up losing a soul that you don't agree. And that's why I think a lot of people have the issues that they do have with the church that they have today in terms of that culture of gossip or like being too harsh or not learning, knowing how to communicate and how you should communicate, especially around a topic that is sensitive as sin. It's a very personal topic that everybody uh, agree. And if you bring that up with a person is almost like revealing that self to an individual, which can be a very sensitive thing. So it's, it's taking inventory. If you are someone who's felt like, Oh, I feel like God's called me to correct this person in this. Oh, I feel like God wants me to speak out on this. I think it's that self-awareness that I am human and I need to, to check where I come from and be very sensitive right. when I say, so it can be harmful when somebody's not very sensitive or aware. And that was one of the points I have. If you don't have compassion and care, like knowing, like, I think sometimes they get so like, oh, I had a revelation. Oh, right. Let me, I need to tell you, Travis, Travis, the, the revelation was that the Lord said right. that you were doing the, and it's uh, like, but you gave me a revelation. How do you want me to approach? Do you want me to approach Travis? Do you just want me to pray about it? Do you want right. me to say say something to his mentor because they're in a position to more disciple and correct him versus me coming to them because he doesn't see me in that way because that was my other point the relationship right. what is your relationship with the person that you are correcting so but i think even before that did you hear once you heard the word like oh i feel like i need to correct travis on that did no. you hear 
did you ask like God how to be sensitive, how to be compassionate, how to be caring about it? Because as you said, sin is a very sensitive thing. And our human nature is to break people down. So as a renewed believer, okay, how do I do this in the right, right way? So, and I had another verse from James. And if you're listening, which I hope you are, <laughs> and we're saying a lot of verses from James. And right. so I feel like James is, James is one of my favorite books of the Bible because I feel like it's very relatable and applicable to your daily walk as a believer. It has a lot of wisdom. If you're like, you know what? I want to grow in my faith. I really want to live the way that God wants me to live. I think that James is a very good verse. I mean, um, book for that. And James 4, 11 and 12, it says, don't speak against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies, um, not to judge whether it applies to you. God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save or destroy. So what right do you have to judge your neighbor? So I have a question for you, Travis. Right. What line between judging and criticizing and correcting and rebuking your brother or sister what do you think i know it wasn't one of the previous <laughs> yeah i mean but i mean even just thinking through it like again in terms of judging your brother or sister you i think that's a human thing to do naturally but it is is it it isn't a profitable thing to do nor that you should do and you could critique without judging it's two different things you could Ow. you could offer critique without like you can again if you're if you see um and hopefully you would, you would get this yourself. But if you see something that probably is something that you should probably talk about or approach and, and, and talk about, you address it, but you address it in ways that, okay, what do you, and this is a, and this is a lot. And, and the thing about Jesus is that you can learn a lot from Jesus in terms of his different styles of communication for different scenarios. Right. Um, and Jesus in most of his dialogue, he asked a lot of questions right? He asks a lot of rhetorical questions. So um, I think you could take a lesson out of that in terms of like, if there's something that needs to be addressed, bringing it up in a particular way where you address it with an individual where they can see or they can reflect on the behavior or the activity within themselves to see if they see or not. And more times than not, you could also get a gauge on if they are receptive in, in terms of receiving a message in that particular degree. But I think starting in a rhetorical way in one, in one direction is a way that you could critique a certain situation in terms of making a lot of the topics that may be very objective, where you remove the emotion from it and really talk about, is this, you know, is, do you think this is right? Or do you think this is wrong? Even not necessarily that it don't necessarily, because most situations are really that black and white. Do you, especially when it comes to the law, talking about loving your neighbor as yourself and most decisions that we make involve other people. So is this thing that you've done, do you think this person that may have been affected, uh, how do you think that person within this is affected? Do you think that's right or do you think that's wrong? For I know for the men out there, it might be a situation where like you ghost a, a ghost a girl or whatever like that, or, or you know, it'd be like, ah, she wanted to be too clingy or whatever like that. So I didn't decided not to call her back. You got to check, you know, that's something that you check on and say, do you, how do you think that person feels on the end of that decision that you made, Right. And be like, ah, I mean, or another way you could ask that, how would you feel if somebody you really cared about uh, did that to you? And you open it up to a different reflection where you where you allow empathy to come in, um, where they could see certain things. And then that could open up 
the opportunity to kind of either share the word or share how Jesus would have probably done it in a particular way. And then you could only throw it from there. If they still decide to do it or not, then that's the Holy Spirit. Hopefully you got to work from that from that. But I mean, at most of you, do you still bring it to light? And again, James, James is riddled with um, that wisdom in terms of like just having things sit, you know? I love that um, as a definition between the difference between um, making a judgment and offering correction and 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 helping the the, the person, the brother or sister by asking questions. Because yeah. um, I don't have a heaven, you know, people like to say, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But I think sometimes when you come forth and you don't ask a question, you don't bring bring dialogue, it's as if you're trying to be the Holy Spirit. You know you shouldn't X, Y, Z, X, Y, shut down defense right, defense, right. Um, and then and you do you 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 do more harm to the gospel <laughs> than you do good in the long term so you have to you have to learn how to effectively communicate but the yeah. way that you said when you ask questions then you allow the holy spirit to do the work if right. you ask questions then the person they may be defensive they may not but um and i think one of the things that people have to realize too is when you're witnessing and when you're seeking to correct another Christian um, in brotherly love, even if they seem defensive in the conversation, you still allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. Like you said, once I asked the question, if I felt blood nudge to have a conversation, I just, you know, I, I think a one way of saying, you know, is asking a question, how do you feel about that? Um, have you ever prayed about X, Y, Z? Um, I just felt led to, uh, you know, share with you that maybe you should pray to see what the Holy Spirit says about this particular thing um, that was placed on my heart. You know, either asking a question or saying something like that, but saying you doing X, Y, Z, you need to stop X, Y, Z, or you yeah, yeah. not going to get the blessings of God or you are right. not going to like I, that kind of policing is sort of like you're trying to force um, me to do what you're saying and it's religion versus have a conversation with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you say the Holy Spirit living you because you're a believer, let them talk to you about that. Mm. And that's why you see like Jesus was so harsh for the Pharisees because the Pharisees knew better because they had the scriptures. And that's that's why Jesus, I think that's probably primarily the reason why he talked to him so hard is that y'all out here with the knowledge. Um, and again, Jesus will tell you, I come, I came to heal the sick, not the people, you know, who are, are well, meaning, you know, translating the people who already have knowledge of this particular thing. You might come across an individual who honestly may not have a level of self-awareness of knowing what they are doing. And you need to approach that in a particular way or you lose a brother. Right. But there's also humility and knowing and always keeping in front of your mind, especially if you are the one witnessing or critiquing that you have your flaws as well, too. So hopefully you have enough relation with that individual where you could kind of meet them on the same ground and share, you know, where you may have been wrong or where you may have been, you know, fell short to kind of have that middle, that middle ground in terms of like, no, I'm not a person above you telling you, you should do this. We are both law individuals and maybe we can work through this together during this walk. Will we figure this out right now? Probably not, but at least we are aware of what exactly is going on. Yeah. No, for real, for real. And I think that if you have ever been on the receiving end, I think for me, um, if I've been on the receiving end of being policed and I was irritated, I I would always suggest to pray, um, pray about it. What does the Bible say about whatever the person is saying? And then ask the Holy Spirit what to do next. Mm-hmm. I think that's always I think that's always the response, because sometimes the response wants to be stay on my business. You don't know me like that. Um, I don't deal with that. I don't need you like that. Sometimes you do have an irritated response, but I think no matter whether the person did it in the proper way 
uh, they were comforting in love, they asked questions, or they did it in a harmful way because we're human. So you have to be um, gracious with your brother or sister who corrected you in a harmful way. Right. You still, I believe you still have to give them grace because they're human. Right. And when they do it and they did it in a harmful way or they didn't, even that, I think, even when irritated, we still, as believers, have to be humble enough to say, God, let me pray about this. Let me go to the word about this. Um, no matter who comes, no if they come the wrong way or they come the right way, my response always is, thank you. I will pray about that. And I'll talk to the Holy Spirit about that and see what he wants me to do in regards to that. Right. That's all my response. Um, have you ever been the Christian police? So very interesting. I think I would say no, but probably yes, but not of my awareness in terms of like, especially my early thing of like my uh, foam on the top of the bear. Oh yeah, this is right and wrong. I may have probably done that indirectly. Um, but now as I get deep into the word, deeper what it means to love, deeper what it means to love your neighbor, but you are also flawed. I think I may still do that to a degree in terms of accountability, but I am more sensitive to recognizing some of the, the different components that might be in certain situations, right? Is that I, yeah, there's policing in terms of not knowing what the situation is or the context of the thing, but there's a bigger context of the individual and where they're coming from as well, too, that you also have to take into consideration, right? So it might be a situation where you might see something, but it definitely might not be the appropriate time to talk about it, not only for the situation that you may be in, but for you to pray and take a step back and to actually think, okay, what is my emotion and where is my stance in this and how I feel? And am I just being petty with this individual? What is my relation to it? Is do I do I have a friction or do I have a relationship with this particular person where if I'm just saying something to be critical and not really be helpful, um, take a step back and really pray about it or to really gather your thoughts and let the Holy Spirit work in you to really let you see or to take in different perspectives on that. Um, and I think to a degree, especially trying to be, you know, a volunteer in the church and especially working with the youth, there's a certain level of um, policing that you have to do if you do see something in order to have those conversations. Uh, but I think ultimately what everybody should do at, at any given level, I think there's something to be said about policing happening, happening indirectly in terms of how you walk and how you model yourself. So leading by example in that regard. So like if, if, you, are if you are living a life in which you are policing yourself, where you are disciplined or where you allow the word to work in you and what you know you should be doing. Hopefully that bleeds out into the fruit that you provide in your character, where if people could see you, then that's an indirect communication in that regard. Or if you do need to bring something up, at least you have a foundation in which to stand on in terms of how does, does this person walk and do what they do that they need to do. And it's a huge accountability for yourself as well too. So Yes, but I'm trying to be a good cop, not a bad cop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not trying bad to be God. a bad cop. Yeah. And again, like this series is all relationship over religion. So again, if you do it in a relationship way, and again, I will bring that. I think having a relationship with someone is so important um, when deciding to correct or rebuke or whatever. Um, I have been a bad cop. Um, I grew up religious. So I remember in high school when I would have a friend that lost their virginity, I was Bible beaten like, you're not supposed to be having sex. Like, like just judge, yeah. just judgment, just fire and brim. I asked, you know, questions. I just I just slaying and tearing you down because you doing what's wrong. Like I have 
I have been the the Christian Belize. Um, but I don't think I have because one of these is kind of irritating to me. The the ones that are on Facebook sometimes when it's like the yeah, but that's the world that we live in, right? We live in these hallowed bubbles where everybody could form a Belenian opinion or share the opinion of others. Where it's a tricky time to be alive right now. It's a very tricky time to be alive. Yeah. But it's their page, and if you have a problem with it, because I saw my one of my friends get irritated by some people who pages doing like TikTok videos. I'm like, unfollow them. So yeah. like, if you have but, these people, yeah. But do you unfollow them? Or again, and it's like you have that thing on too. It's like okay, again, evaluating the person. Is this person coming from a place of extreme hurt? Are they completely shut down? And again, you have to almost do it like Jesus also talked about it in degree in terms of like if you go to a city and they don't receive the world, just dust the dirt off your sandals and and move on, right? But more times than not, is, is there is a window, there's an opportunity in which even if you don't respond directly, you could still live your life. And again, don't unfollow them, but still be there where they could possibly, when they hit a low point, they still see somebody, they see, still see some light in the world that may be you, that may turn them around. You never know. And you know, you don't know exactly when that could happen. So you have to, you have to take those with a grain of salt. You have to take, yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to take those case by case. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Because I guess, like I said, they're, you know, they're Christian beliefs all over. And, you know, you're at different times. Like, like I wouldn't have wanted someone to write me off when I was early in my faith and just being very religious. Um, but we, it tends to happen. Have you ever been policed? Uh, I would say, yeah, I mean, just from high school, but I didn't know any better. I mean, but I'm thankful for that. I am thankful for those. Again, when you're young, your frontal lobe isn't developed at that age. And but you think everything is right. You know, How old have you been policed? Like since you've been removed, um, I, and I see, I say since then, probably in my time right now. And again, we we'll probably talk about this more in the discipleship episode that I have coming up. But like, there's a policing in terms of the accountability of the people that I am with, right? right. In terms of we keep ourselves in check because on top of not just being in a thing where people will call you out if they see anything, we all recognize that we have our sins and we have our flaws. So let's try to keep each other in check for the law, for the marathon that we have set, you know, ahead of ourselves. Right. And then there's power. And I can't remember the verse right now. Top of my head is that when you're in a group like that and everybody confesses their sins, there's healing that comes within that, you know, is, is better things that people, people know exactly what you're struggling with. So the people who you're walking with in faith, they can know exactly what to pray for. And there's power in having those specifics by having that level of transparency that comes through, that, that accountability with everybody, you know? And that's not an easy thing to come by as well too, because I mean, to, to take it out, if you had to use less um, faith-based words is that what psychological, what psychological safety do you have in a group of people that could call you and talk to you on your hip if you are doing something that you know you should not be doing? Right. Yeah. But I, I think one of the things that tends to come with policing, because that's a good, that's a good form of policing. Like you said, it's accountability, it's discipleship, it's mentorship. Like we've already established, like this is what this group is for. So you, you expect it, you know it. It's like when I have my plays critiqued, like I know they're going to come back with what needs to change because that's the dynamic of this relationship. It was set up for that. So you're kind of prepared for that critique um, versus you're prepared for that kind of advice because it's solicited advice. We know that that's what we're here for. But it's the unsolicited that I think sometimes 
um, rubs people the wrong way or makes people feel like, you know, like this isn't a good situation. So like right before this series, Relationship Versus Religion, we were doing, um, should Christians do this? And so we had, should Christians drink? We had should Christians smoke. We had should Christians get tattoos. We had should Christians. So those are something. There's some people who believe I Anglican, I drink. Yeah, don't call me out on that. That's what I can do. And there's some people who say, well, the denomination I am, they said that do not um, drink anything. So you know. And then there's tattoos. There are people like, oh, there's one verse. It's in Leviticus. That's what you know. Da da da. So you know, there's a back and forth. So sometimes I think that people are policed on some things where there's a divide in the faith of some, you know what I mean? So I think when that happens, that's when you have to really be gentle about, you know, how you approach it, where, where, the way you approach it, the way that you say. So for me, like I, one of the first times I was policed in churches, I came home from college. I was a part of a hip hop Christian dance group in college and my dad asked us to do it in the church when we came home and so we did and there was this big uproar of they have this rap Christian music in the church and they're wearing these jeans and jerseys and and there was policing yeah. they were like they were upset they were like yeah. what are you guys doing yeah yada 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 you know so that was an experience that I had with it Right. Um, our church uh, burned down in 2013. So for years we were in a tent outside. But I think like three years. Uh, old school tabernacle. Huh? It's, it's taking it back way back. Yeah. So <laughs> we were in a tent outside, but there are seasons. There's rain. There's the yeah. hot sun. There's several things. So there was this lodge hall that was um, three doors down. And they allowed us to use the hall. Because I think they had a hall that they used to rent for events. But then they would have their meetings in another section of the building. So the hall that they use for events, I think they had let it go. They had let it get run down, the hall part. So they were like, if y'all renovate the hall, y'all don't ever have to pay rent or anything like that. And so we were in there. So a lot of our members left the church because they were like, oh, you guys are in a large hall. We're like, we're using the hall that they're in. They're like, no. So we left. And I yeah. remember this guy came to shoot. We were trying to raise money to get out of the hall, to re start rebuilding the church. And so I, when I moved home, I came on the initiative to help raise money. And so I invited this guy to shoot the video that we were going to shoot to tell people um, how they could donate for us to get money, to raise money for the church. And when I just told him like the location of where the church was. When that guy drove up and saw that the location, like our church meets in the hall that's owned by a large hall, yeah. I, he was like, he saw a ghost. He was like, I'm stepping foot in there. I just, and I was just like, what's the problem? I was like, this is a church. No, it's at a lodge hall and I'm not stepping foot in there. And I, and I was just like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. he like went ballistic. And I was just like, um, explain to me, like, you know, what, like, what's the reservation? And he could not like, he was just like, I just don't fool with him. I don't fool with him. I don't fool with him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I grew yeah, up yeah. learning that you don't fool with him. I don't yeah. fool with him. I gone. Like, and he like drove off. And I was just like, Okay. Yeah, life. <laughs> I mean, and different things have their different merit. But again, you have to look into the history of a lot of different things. But like, I'm reminded of like what Paul was trying to articulate, like in letters like Romans, right? And I have that verse here. It's like, do not cause another to stumble. Uh, Romans 14, verse 13. Uh, Therefore, let not us pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother, right? So, I mean, in the context of what we're trying to go on, so you now have this 
new Christ movement from Jesus, but you still have Jewish, uh, you have the Jewish uh, leaders still wanting to observe the different rites and rituals within the Jewish faith. And you have these, the, you know, Gentile believers coming in in terms of like, okay, what can we not eat? What could we eat and what we can't eat? Do, does everybody need to get circumcised? Uh, and, and both sides were pushing on both things. And Paul was trying to articulate for, for thing was that Christ is the point. Like, yeah, certain things, if you, if, if you want to observe some of the Jewish rites and rituals, by all means, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, when Christ is the point, your, your faith isn't going to be, I mean, your salvation isn't going to be based off how many things you tick off on a list, because if you do that, that's what got us in this place in the first place that we we've seen and proven that through the commandments, how we failed at that. Our only grace, which is a free gift comes through Christ. Now, don't let people stumble on what you may say. So don't, if, if you rebuking a brother for doing a particular thing, that isn't a big deal. Again, you have to take it with a grain of salt, depending on what that is. But you might be doing something dead petty, like wearing a jersey in, in church. If you are calling somebody out for wearing a jersey in church, that is going to ultimately cause that individual to not return to Christ. That is a huge disservice. So you have to have discernment as you move through all of that. Um, and I think maybe from a blanket statement, depending on might be denomination X, Y, and Z, we've done a disservice in terms of saying, oh, don't do this and don't do that. Or you can only do this over here. I think as believers in this new age, especially in this age in which we have so many different ideologies coming at us. And Timothy talks about this. Second Timothy talks about this. We have to have discernment in terms of what are the things that really matter. And I think we all need to come back to that. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. I love it. I think, and that's why I wanted to do this series in the religion over relationship. And I think that the point that you just said just now is a good point to wrap it up on. Whereas it's Christ. The point is Christ. And again, if there is something that's like, well, this tradition, I think we should do it. I think we should not do it. I think we should, you know, you know, if it's all of that and you feel like, no, I feel strongly about this particular item. I want to ask this person about this or I want to think like, you know, pray and ask the Holy Spirit how to approach them, what to say. Questions are great. Asking them to pray about, but not trying to be the Holy Spirit. And, and remember that you're concerned about the person's heart posture, their relationship with Christ. If they are at a place where your faith is in Christ, your nothing comes before Christ. That's all I'm considering. That's all. That's that's that's. Is Christ first in your life? Is it? Do you do you have that relationship? That other than that, that's what I'm trying to make sure that you're staying on a narrow path with choosing right. these things of we do this, we don't do this, we think this is wrong, we think that's wrong, we think this. And those I think those can get petty, but I think that there needs to be. Um, some, and I don't think you can always do it. Like I said, I, I prefer if there's a relationship with the person who's deciding to police, right. um, but it doesn't always happen. And so I think that even when you're harmed for those of us who have been police, I think always a response should be, I will pray about it. And I think you should genuinely pray about it. Genuinely go to the word of God and see what he's saying about that particular thing, even if it was done in a harmful way. Um, and then asking Holy Spirit, what are the next steps you have for me? Because what's also irritating is when the policing tries to give you the next steps. And right. you need to go and do this X, Y, and Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild, I think, you it's know, I, to bring this to your attention, I want you to pray about it. If you want me to pray about it with you, I can. But, you know, and I've had those situations. I've had harmful situations and good situations. But I think overall, the message, like you said, should be, 
Christ is the center. Let's not get into Jewish rituals and what Gentiles should not and should not do. Right. Let's get into is Christ the focus. So any final words on when it comes to relationship versus religion? We talked about, you know, um, what is a Christian belief? We talked about how it can be good because it's a form of accountability. We talked about harmful ways. Um, we talked about our personal experiences that we've had with it. Um, but overall, like I said, for me, knowing that Christ is the center and being conscious, you said something earlier too that I thought was so good. We're human, the ones who might be policing. So make sure, have that conversation with the Holy Spirit about how to sensitive, how to be sensitive in your approach to having that conversation and then how to be sensitive in receiving that information when being policed. So yeah, final thoughts. Uh, I'll just leave it with this. I mean, in terms of what may be the greatest teacher, Second Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. When all fails, go to the word. Um, start there first. You know what I mean? I, and really dive into it. Don't gloss over it. Don't cookie cut out um, a piece of text and take it out of context and share it in social. Really get into the essence of what the prophets, what Jesus, what the, what the disciples and the apostles were really trying to show you how to navigate through this word and ultimately what God wants from you. You know what I mean? So again, all of us, we are not all, we all fall short. All of us are not perfect. That's why we need the word. That's why we need grace, which is given to us freely. Um, and then once we learn the essence of grace, we're able to extend that to other people as well, too, when they fall short and to always be open and always love that individual regardless. You know what I mean? So keep that in mind. Amen. amen. Thank you, Travis, for joining yeah. me this week um, in our series, Relationship versus Religion and Christian Policing. Thank you so much. Join us in our Hi. conversation in the Royal Access on Facebook. We would love to hear from you and we can't wait to see you next week. Travis is going to be here next week with yes. a guest and they're talking about discipleship i can't wait to hear that episode so please tune in guys thank you for listening to the royal access podcast be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below if you enjoyed the episode please share it with a friend we would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review until next time i'm corral pinder your truth-telling accountability partner